good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening, especially after that episode that we just watched. The show is NXT Talk, and we're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, what are we doing with our lives? What are we watching? I, I'm questioning <laughs> so much about myself right now. <laughs> well, you're looking good, buddy. You got a fresh chop, fresh shave going. Yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, yeah, it's 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 been. I, I'm still like we're literally 14 minutes, 13 minutes ago. The show ended. I still don't know what we watched. <laughs> Still digesting it, yeah. The last half hour was good. The first half hour, 45 minutes, is probably the worst thing I've seen WWE do since, what, Zombie Lumberjacks? Maybe even worse than that? I don't even know. It was a lot worse than that. It was a lot worse than that. It was just, like, embarrassing. (laughs) I am so happy I watched this episode alone in the comfort of my own home. But, yeah, no, it was just, that was just a hell of a something. Oh, man, yeah. So I, I watched this episode with my roommate, who is a comedian, who, like, watches wrestling to laugh at it, you know, mostly. And, like, I, I have a sense of humor about wrestling. I love the wackiness of, of wrestling. But I think we were both kind of embarrassed to just be watching that at that moment. You know, it was, uh, it was a rough segment. It's specifically the Robert Stone dance-off, I think, is what we're referring to right now. Oh, I'm referring to the entire, like, just everything that happened in that first little bit. <laughs> what are we talking about? What are we going to be talking about on today's show? Well, we have a brief show, thank God, as we are going to be chatting, reviewing, analyzing NXT TV from November 2nd. And then, you know, typically, we love to praise NXT UK, but I think today might be a little different as we chat about NXT UK from October the 20th. Eighth. Very, very interesting show. Interesting ending to the main event. Uh, it wasn't the strongest NXT episode, uh, NXT UK episode. Lots to talk about, Boris. But how are you doing, homie? I'm doing good. I'm honestly, you know what? I've been, man, my, I've just been tired. I've been super tired. Um, I've been, you know, sleeping weird hours, like weirder than normal. So I'm like up at four in the morning right now. Um, and, and, and yeah, so by the time that 8 p.m. rolls around, I'm done, I'm spent, I'm exhausted, work's just been absolutely insane on top of it all, but, um, you know, that, that, that's, but it, it is what it is, I know I always say that, that is my serenity now, it keeps me going, keeps me sane. <laughs> it is what it is, it is what it is, it is what it is, I feel yeah. you, man. Now, well, that's good, uh, you know you're you're hanging. Like I said, you got a fresh chop. You're looking good, presenting that uh, that front to the world at least. So that's good at the very least. But I do have some good news in in that sense. So um, I get a lot of vacation time at work. It was one of the things that I negotiated when I came to this job, and I have a shit ton of vacation. Um, and I've been there more than five years. So I was awarded more vacation time. Um, so there's about nine weeks left to the year. My friend, nine weeks left, right. about, give or take. I'm only working three yes. and a half weeks until now, until January 5th. That's awesome. So you get some Boris time here, finally. Yeah. Figure yeah, some finally. stuff out. Relax a little. 
Yep, exactly. So, you know, and, and, and what's interesting about it all is that, of course, of course, WWE just doesn't let me take a break because it was announced some, well, not officially announced, but there are strong rumors suggesting that there's going to be a special takeover like show, a special takeover ish show um, uh, Sunday, December 5th, which coincidentally runs at the same time that I am taking some time off and going to be in Vancouver visiting my older brother. Ah, nice, nice. Well, it'll be it'll be good for you to travel across this uh, fine land to go see uh, the West Coast and see some family. Yeah, but that'll be weird. Get a daytime takeover in, though. But yeah, man, if you need to skip a show or two, I'm sure we can find someone to fill in for you. And uh, Are you sure you know, anyone's going to want to? Live your life. Are you sure anyone, after what we watched tonight, <laughs> I doubt we can find anyone to fill in. Yeah, true. Yeah, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll get my roommate to fill in. And we could just make fun, just try to roast NXT for an hour. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out, man. But you, you raise a good point. It might be slim pickings. It might be tough to find a sucker to find a patsy to watch the show with us. Yeah, exactly. Oh wow, well, whatever, man. Honestly, you know what? We knew what we were getting into with NXT 2.0, and I think that, you know, we kind of set ourselves up because a couple weeks ago we were talking about NXT and NXT 2.0 and the TV they've been presenting. We basically were saying that week over week it's been getting better, right? And then last week they gave us a a, a special show, a, ha- a Halloween Havoc, um, not just not quite takeover quality, but in this 2.0 era, it was by far the best show. So, you know, I think I was comfortably thinking we were going to be sports entertained. We were not sports or entertained in that first 40 minutes. Yeah, this was, yeah, it was a rough follow-up to uh, what was a very strong last couple shows, I thought. The last two shows of NXT 2.0 were pretty far and away the best shows that they've done. And I thought they were hitting their stride and then the uh, the train was completely derailed here <laughs> today. This was a terrible show, What's... and it featured the single worst segment I've seen in a long time on a wrestling show. Exactly, and the worst part about all of that is that you know, look at if you look at the ratings, right? They've been doing half decent ratings over the past few weeks, um, coming off of a very a relatively strong show. All things considered, there's going to be eyes on this, man. Oh man, I am very interested to see what the ratings are this week but I'm more interested to see what the ratings are next week. Exactly, because it's a thing that builds. And I'm also, I never like care too much or read the breakdowns, the quarter hours. I'm actually very interested to see the quarter hours of this show. I'm interested to see how many people the first little bit uh, chased away from wrestling forever. Yeah, how many Andre, how many people were Andre chased away? <laughs> I'm guessing hundreds of thousands, of course. Yeah, but before we go to Joaquin Wild, Matt, how are you? How's life? How's everything going? <laughs> uh, I'm well, man. It's funny that you mentioned that about your sleep schedule. I was, like, sleeping, like, absolute shit for a while, too. And then, like, last night, I, like, just happened to pass out at 8.30, slept all the way through till 6.30, and I feel refreshed. I feel like a new man. Today, I'm going to finish this podcast, get a little adrenaline boost, and then hopefully hit the ha- uh, hit the hay around 12.31. Be right back to normal, Boris. I think I'm resetting it here. Nice. I think tonight's the night. Man, you're lucky. Okay, so the lady friend. You know what her sleep schedule has been like the past few days? It's been insane. It's been absolutely insane. All right, so um, she typically works nights. Uh, so, you know, 
weekends she she's she's you know has a weird schedule so friday we were out um we got back home about i don't even know when she got home to be honest um, i got home about 7 a.m um i didn't hear from her until like 6 p.m um we had plans but like i knew they weren't gonna happen by that point so i was like thank god because i didn't sleep i was exhausted and knowing that i was gonna be on the flagship show i'm just like oh my god oh my god oh my god so anyways <laughs> um apparently she's been sleeping so she wakes up at about 6 a.m does the mother stuff and then when her her spawn goes to goes to school she typically takes a nap she usually doesn't she usually leaves that time to like you know run errands and whatnot but she's just been like you know in this sleep crazed schedule so she essentially sleeps from eight in the morning until 2 30 3 p.m gets the spawn back uh does stuff with the spawn and back in bed by like 8 p.m Nice, nice. So she's working. I was gonna say, she's is she working? Like, is she is she working the graveyard shift at all? Or yeah, 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 yeah. It's just yeah. Just right now, there's just less shifts overall um, as things are start slowly gotcha. reopening and 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 you know and, and and limitations are being lifted. You know, the shifts are coming back. But yeah, it's just been crazy. But yeah, she's essentially sleeping like eighteen hours a day at this point. Oh man! Well, is she okay? Like, is that's a lot of sleep. Oh, I know. She, she's just me. catching up on the sleep debt, or is she like well? Is she healthy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming she's catching up. Uh, it's, it's. Uh, trust me, I, I, I've asked her. <laughs> <laughs> is everything well, okay? <laughs> are you, are you fine? Are you well? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I I do think that there's like a concept of like sleep debt and you can catch up on sleep that you need. You know what I mean? I do think that's like a real thing. And, uh, hopefully she gets some rest and uh, relaxation and comes back a new woman in a week or two. Yeah, exactly. But we'll see. Um, it's just it's just kind of funny because like I literally don't hear from her like all day until like the weirdest times too. Or she'll wake up like at four in the morning and text me at that time. And it's like if I if I am up, I'm like, should I respond now or wait until a more livable hour? <laughs> That's funny. Well, if she's up and you're up, I don't know, right? You might as well oh, pull I trigger. Do, I but do. yeah, I, it's just, I, I it's just like it. one of those like because then because then you're in a yeah. Then you're in a conversation at 4.30 in the morning, and it's like, fuck, I should have went to bed. I feel you, man. That actually happened a couple nights ago. I'm like, basically like <laughs> half asleep, one eye open. And it's like, oh, my God, I should Why did I respond? And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that in a, you know, I, I don't get a lot of sleep kind of way. I love how all these podcasts have turned into how little sleep we get hours. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I gotta have a... Well, it's not, it's a, it might turn into a funnier Tinder story than it is now, but I've matched with a with a woman now on Tinder for the third time, and the first two times we we spoke and like it was going well via text, but we just never ended up seeing each other. The second time it was right around when the pandemic started, and we just kind of fizzled out due to pandemic thing. But we've matched for a third time, and we've kind of stopped talking again which is funny but hold i don't on. know maybe hold on, hold on, uh, maybe i'll end up seeing her hold on. i i need to rewind this a little bit so <laughs> tinder uh, i've never used yes. these apps so, so 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 bear with me here so you match with this okay. person you talk to them for a little while and what you just delete the chat and that's it 
No, the chat just kind of lives there in infamy. I think until one person deletes their profile, I think the chat just lives there forever, though. Maybe the chat deletes after a little bit. Right. But, uh, no, I think I still have some old chats, like, in my Tinder. Right. So it's, it's just, like, for me, it's kind of weird. It's like if you're if you're chatting with someone, it's kind of weird that you would – and then, you know, if something happened and something fizzled, it would be weird to re-swipe right on someone that you kind of, you know, have already talked to. Yeah, that, well, that's fair. That's uh, that's interesting. But Boris, uh, what can I say? I'm too damn adorable. I'm too irresistible. You can't <laughs> quit me, buddy. All right there, um, <laughs> Zion Quinn. <laughs> exactly. I'm the, I'm the heartbreak kid. Oh, I'm the, man. I'm the handsome Kevin Owens, Boris. I know, right? <laughs> I have a story for no, you, but I'm, I'm still debating whether I should tell the story now or on BAM. Well, we've done a, we've done more personal talk than we usually do on NXT Talk. I don't know. BAM's a pretty loaded show. Might as well pull trigger now if you want to. <laughs> all right. So this one is for all the homies out there. <laughs> um, so um, I was I got my hair cut on Friday. And, you know, typically, like, uh, you know, just to wear around the house or just to go out and run errands, I, I wear wrestling shirts, um, you know, for just for whatever. They're they're comfy um, and whatever. I don't typically wear them out-out, but uh, I, I have been lately. It's, it's, it's just my... Yeah, anyways, point is, wearing a wrestling shirt. New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Shirt. Got it free from Pro Wrestling Tees um, when I made, the, when made an order the last time. And uh, basically... Uh, got my haircut. As I'm leaving, I'm paying up, and the 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 girl on the other side of the counter basically says, "Nice shirt." And I look down and I see which shirt I'm wearing. It's like New Japan. It's like, okay, whatever. You know, it's a cool design, whatever. And then she makes comment of, "It's very rare that you see someone with a New Japan shirt." And I'm like, "What? K Pasa? Nice. What's going on? You know what this is?" <laughs> A, a New Japan fan, a, a wrestling fan, out in the wild, Boris. Yeah, it's always it's a, nice. That's how we met. Although I'm not a, I'm not a cute female, unfortunately. So it's probably more exciting for you this time around. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, uh, no, no, not at all. Not well. Whatever. This one's on the Patreon, so there no one, no way she can listen to this. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but yeah, no, so yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, but then we, yeah, we just started talking and holy crap, was she in the know? Like we were talking about everything. She, she asked me about ROH. Um, then, you know, obviously I showed her my slam wrestling article like a real man would. (laughs) (laughs) Cheap plug. I love it. (laughs) You got to get it in. Yeah. And then of course I did a cheap plug to SNME. So it was just like, (laughs) it was gold, but no, honestly, it was really cool to have this conversation with someone. We honestly talked for about an hour, just about wrestling and like she knew her stuff. Um, But just to be able to talk wrestling with someone out there in the wild um, was, was, was pretty fun, but yeah, it was just crazy. Like that, uh, you know, this random person at this hairdresser was just like, you know, knew exactly what was up. But then it came time, you know, the most awkward moment of any conversation. It was the kind of like, you know, when, when you're trying to figure out how old someone is, right? Like, you know, not that it matters, but it's it's always good to know, you know, that A, they're over 18, number one. And like, you know, because you just never know nowadays. Yes. So we were talking, and at this point, I wasn't really trying to figure out the age or anything. But uh, 
somehow she asked me how long I've been watching wrestling for. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, 30 plus years. The first episode of uh, Saturday night's main event that I like vividly remember is when the mega powers broke up. So, you know, that 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 kind of ages me quite a bit, right? <laughs> right. Um, and then we were talking about it, and then I essentially told her that I stopped watching wrestling for a couple years when Chris Benoit did his thing. So then she says, I was five years old when that happened. And I'm like quickly doing the math in my head. <laughs> like, right, yeah. Holy crap. You are a child. But again, it was awesome that she knew just so much. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, it was it was like she's the one who got her brothers into wrestling. Nice. That's that the opposite of what you usually hear. Yeah. But that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, it, it sounds like a fun chat. You know, it's always good to find a new wrestling fan, just anyone with some common interests. And, you know, maybe she's listening. If so, I... Uh, Welcome, new friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome, 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 welcome. Keyword friend, my friend. Keyword friend. <laughs> <laughs> I assume so. Yes, Boris. Yeah, yeah. Not, not that I doubt your game, quote unquote. But yeah, I figured <laughs> no. that's the way that that story ended, homie. <laughs> oh, that, no, the one hundred percent. That's the way the story ended. It's it's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> homie, don't play that game. <laughs> yeah. So, do you want to talk about uh, this year wrestling show, or do you want to continue avoiding it like the? friggin' plague that it was. I want to keep avoiding it to be 100%. Uh, Astros are, 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 are losing. Braves are winning, so that's a thing that's happening right now. Yeah, Atlanta's about to win the World Series. I'm sure we'll address that uh, on, on BAM coming up this week, but uh, yeah, that's going to happen. That's a thing. Before we actually get into NXT, let's talk about BAM for a second. So I'm actually really excited for this episode of BAM. Um, and I want to thank you for giving me the idea of this draft for the ROH. Because we could have easily, essentially last week, we we somehow uh, bamboozled ourselves into talking about where we think the ROH roster is going to end up once things go go sideways for them as they're trying to find you employment. You know, it's, it's, it's always a fun little chatter, and especially this fantasy draft type thing. So, you know, rather than going through a list, you brought up the idea of doing a mock draft. I took that and I kind of spiced it up a little, you know, added a little salt, a little oregano, you know, a little paprika and then put it in the oven. And this is what we ended up getting. So essentially what we're going to be doing is we're going to be representing different federations. You have New Japan, AEW and... Um, I forget which which one's the third there one. There was a GCW. I forget. Yeah, we we wrote it down in a group there. Yeah, it, it's and it's three that I know that you follow quite enough that you can speak for them. And I have NWA, right. WWE, and Impact. So, um, and then we're going to essentially do a a a, a randomizer on a draft order, and then we're going to be going through drafting wrestlers into those federations and kind of explaining why we think they would make they would fit there so i think it's going to be a little fun it's going to be a little different it's um you know i think it'll be more entertaining for listeners at least to kind of understand see why we think they're going to end up in those places and there's also going to be two indie tickets as i'm talking because you know not everyone's going to be going to one of the major players some people might be going to the independents you know stay on the gcw scene and and you know atlanta um the atlanta to uh, championship wrestling or the Pacific championship wrestling and stuff like that, right? Like those, those we don't know. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a little different. That's going to be on BAM on Thursday. 
Yeah, I'm very excited for that. That'll be a fun concept. I've been thinking about it already. I was going to pitch to you, too. We should stop it at two or three picks per group. Because, like, like you said, like the whole bit, the, like it's not everyone on ROH is going to get signed by a, a, into a new full-time contract by a wrestling company, right? Like, exactly. So... Uh, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out the exact format. We'll talk about it off air and uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. But yeah, I'm very excited for that concept. Should be a lot of fun, buddy. Oh, yeah, exactly. And now that we're talking wrestling, we might as well talk about what we are not paid to talk about. And that's NXT 2.0 TV from November 2nd. Are you ready for this? Paid in beer. Paid in beer. Paid in beer. <laughs> exactly. All right, so um, this is the post-Halloween Havoc edition of NXT 2.0. We're live from the Performance Center. Vic Joseph welcomes us. He's joined by Wade Barrett and WWE Hall of Famer Beth Phoenix. Uh, We go right to the ring. Out comes the new NXT Women's Champion, Mandy Rose of Toxic Attraction. Um, You know, last week we saw that Dakota Kai helped her win the championship. Uh, so Rose gets on the mic and she says it feels damn good. She told us she was on a different level. Uh, the fans stand chanting, you deserve it. Rose says she knows the best Han Solo line in all of Star Wars. Um, she also says she doesn't need our approval. She told us week out over week that she'd become champion. And because she's a woman of her word, she did just that. She defeated the unbeatable, the unstoppable Gonzalez and became the new champ. Rose declares that she is still the baddest bitch in the whole goddamn company. And the fans, the nextras, they pop a little bit she goes on about how good the title looks on her better than anyone else uh she says you all know it rose says with the the title around her waist everyone is following her every move and that goes for all of toxic attraction because they had a hell of a halloween havoc uh rose goes on about how hot she is she goes to call out the nxt tag team champs gg dolan jc jane uh camera cuts backstage to the locker room we see on the big screen how jane and dolan have just attacked zoe stark Officials tend to Stark, um, and this is uh, music interrupts, and out comes Io Shirai to a pretty big pop. Io Shirai, she saw what Toxic Attraction just did. She says she doesn't like Zoe, but she dislikes Toxic Attraction even more. Shirai enters the ring, says she wants the leader of Toxic Attraction right here, right now. Shirai drops the mic, gets ready to fight, but Rose tells her to hold on because this is her world now and no one is scared of Shirai any longer. Rose says she's also ready to fight, calls for a referee, but drops Shirai with a cheap shot. Rose beats Shirai around, sing her to the floor, uh, face first to the announce table and to the ring post. Fans chant for Shirai, but Rose sends her into the edge of the apron. Rolls, Rose rolls Shirai back into the ring, grabs the mic, says this isn't the old NXT honey this is NXT 2.0 and Shirai will never look like her Shirai snaps and takes Rose down unloads Um, Shirai does a beautiful German suplex for another pop Shirai with double knees on the corner Um, she tries to go for the moonsault but Dolan and Jane hit the ring they pull Shirai from the top double teamer Shirai fights them off Drops Jane into a submission, but Rose and Dolan make the save. This is when Caden Carter suddenly flies off the top rope with a clothesline. Uh, Casey Kentonzaro also joins in. Shirai, Carter, and Kentonzaro clear the ring of toxic attraction, and they are in the middle of the ring as music hits. 
Okay, so a couple of things. Overall, I didn't like this promo that much out of Mandy. It was okay, but she's like, she's not the best speaker. She's uh, she's very confident. Uh, she has a presence, but uh, she's not she's not just she's not a great promo. It was really funny when the fans. There was half the crowd was chanting, you deserve it. And then half was answering, no, you don't. Yeah. You deserve it. No, you don't. That was a lot of fun. Uh, man, the uh, the save of the run-in by Casey and Caden was weird. Like, Caden was, was jumping awkward. on top of, it was very awkward, very kind of awful. Like, yeah, she was, uh, She when she hit the plancha, she landed on EO's legs, which could have been terrible. She could have broken EO's legs, popped out a knee, like, easily. That was very, like, clumsy, sloppy, a, r- a rough start to the show. It wasn't, like, terrible, but it, was, it wasn't good at all. It, it was, was sloppy. It was, it was a very sloppy, sloppy. start. Like, it just sloppy wasn't. Sloppy and, and pretty bad. Yeah, it, it wasn't the, the cleanest of stuff. If everything went according to plan, as it was written in the script, I'm sure it would have been better. But just the sloppiness really took me out of it right away. Yeah, 100% agree with that assessment, buddy. Yep. Uh, I will say, you mentioned uh, TakeOver might be coming December 5th. I think we could pencil in Mandy Rose versus Io Shirai for the women's title. And some sort of, perhaps a stipulation, but... I think that's going to be a match at this December 5th takeover if it occurs. Yep. Um, Before we go into our first match, we were so, so taken aback by this show that we forgot one thing, Matt. What's that, buddy? Our rating system. (laughs) Well, I didn't forget. Get we? uh, I figured we'd get to it once uh, we hit this uh, first match. But do you have any ideas? Um, considering this episode, uh, I have many ideas, but none of them we should talk about. <laughs> well, we can go with the, the major takeaway from this episode, I feel like, was the dance-off with Robert Stone. So we can go uh, a, pa- a pants-off dance-off, or, or, or basic, or a pants-on dance-off, if you prefer, Boris. Any kind of dance parties out I'm of five of on this episode of NXT. I'm a fan of dance, <laughs> pants-off dance-off. That that's that's how that's how let, I'm gonna go. But let's let her sail, buddy. All right. So Toxic Attraction is walking backstage. They stop at Dakota Kai, who's just standing there with her back turned. Kai says she didn't interfere at Halloween Havoc to help Mandy Rose. She did it to end Raquel Gonzalez as Kai walks off. <sighs> All right. <laughs> All right, match number one, Dakota Kai versus Cora Jade. <laughs> you just kind of letting this one sit there, just a lot of, just feeling the weight of this. This was a bad match. It was it was not nearly as long as the famous uh, B-Fab versus Electra Lopez match. I would argue that in some ways this was worse. It, just in that the effort level not, wasn't necessarily like I, I when I left that B Fab versus Electro Lopez match, I thought, God bless them, they're trying. You know, I did not even think that much after this match. It was only two minutes and twenty six seconds though, but it was it was a rough couple minutes, Boris. Yeah, and then okay, like okay, I'm trying so hard not to let the gimmick take over, but honestly, Cora J just looked completely off in this match um dakota kai I, like even when she was like trying to drag her in the ring to do the scorpion kick cora j literally seemed like she had no idea what the hell was going on 
Yeah, the scorpion kick was a rough spot. Yeah, there was like just two or three things. Like everything they did looked bad. And uh, yeah, it was just it just kind of felt like they they there was no chemistry. They were just on different pages. Again, it's developmental. These people are developing. But uh, yeah, this was not a, a strong match right, at but, all, man. Okay, but here's the thing, Matt. Rough. Here's the thing. There's one thing developmental, and you're still developing, and not everything is going to be perfect. But there needs to be at least some bar before you go on TV and have a match, right? I, I, I think that's fair, man. These yeah, They're still on TV. It's a weird thing, developmental television. It's a very weird concept, but like, they're on thing, television. And one this thing was, yeah. was when you were in floor FCW or OVW and on barely local TV, like the equivalent of our Rogers Community 10, right? Um, you know, that's one thing. But you're on national TV on the USA Network. I'm sorry, but there needs to be some bar somewhere, some Mendoza line that they have before they put people on TV. Yeah, I, and I feel bad, like, talking so poorly about this match because, again, it was 2 minutes and 26 seconds. Corey Jane's 20 years old. There's potential there. But, yeah, this was rough. It was, it was rough. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, after the scorpion kick, that barely connected. <laughs> <laughs> Boris is choking on his own rage like Moses is like Oh my god <laughs> Yeah so Kai hit a running big boot On the corner for the pin For the win In 2 minutes 26 seconds Matt how many pants offs Dance offs would you give this the Haluva kick, eat your heart out, Sami Zayn. I would go no higher than one dance off out of five. 20% pants off percentage for this one, Boris. Yeah, even that's honestly. It was a even, giant fail. Even that's honestly being very nice. And again, I don't want to shit too much, but, you know, I'm like, again, here's the thing, Matt. It's national television. It's national television television it's usa network there yeah. needs to be some mendoza line that's all i'm gonna say all right so so um i believe i i i, I feel you on that one i i, I do want to say for negative stars we touched on this on our royal rumble list way back in the day when we went rated every royal rumble match but i feel like it needs to be like an embarrassment to wrestling and to wrestling fans to be like negative stars. That was just a bad wrestling match. This next segment was a negative star segment. This was an embarrassment to wrestling fans and pro cool. wrestling. The next major segment. Because before that, um, yeah. we saw Cameron Grimes, Duke Hudson. Uh, they're with some lady friends and some others playing poker in Duke's poker room. Uh, Grimes embarrasses himself not knowing what game they're playing. Hudson is fine with taking advantage. Um, we get A to B continued. They actually said to be continued on the screen, which is weird. But yeah, I, I, one thing I thought was cute about this is Grimes hit him with the old Jake the Snake Roberts. You want to play 21, I got 22 line. So that was fun. Cameron Grimes watches Botchamania. He watches wrestling. Oh yeah, for sure, 100%. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't even know where to go with this stuff sometimes. Um, so going back, but we to, had MSK at the bus stop too. Oh, there's a lot of stuff going on. But before we go <laughs> there, after the match with Dakota Kai, what the hell happened? So essentially, she grabs Dakota Kai, or she grabs Cora Jade, beats her around the ring, sets her up under a table. We're waiting for something to happen. She just grabs her skateboard and puts it on top of Jade and walks away. That was the weirdest thing. So, so 
Cora Jade is like out like a light, basically just like prone on the ground. Dakota Kai puts a table upside down on top of her, climbs up to the apron as though she's going to pull like the Kenny Omega double stomp the table spot, and then just climbs down, grabs Cora Jade's skateboard as if she's going to beat her with the skateboard under the table. And then, as you said, just lays the skateboard on her and walks away. It was just like, what was that? It was just kind of a waste of a couple minutes. Just very strange end to this segment. Yep. All right. We see some tweets hyping up the Legado del Fantasma versus Von Wagner Colorado match. Uh, we go back in time. We see how Zion Quinn chokeslammed Robert Stone through a table at Halloween at the Halloween Havoc party last week we also see how stone posted a twitter video to call quinn out for tonight's show um back from the break we get a vignette with msk downtown in orlando uh they're frustrated with losing the nxt tag titles but they almost forgot what it was like to hunt and maybe this is what they needed they talk about paying someone to help them someone who came up with the msk legend and their name um as they start talking about this story. A bus goes right in front of them. We can't hear what the story was. Um, this was apparently the bus that they were supposed to take. They've missed it. They decide to walk to their destination with Wesley jumping on Nash Carter's back. Uh, Wade says he wanted to hear what MSK stands for. So are they... I guess they're going with the gag that no one knows what MSK stands for, but I thought they already told us. I thought they told us months ago that MSK was the must-see kids. Yeah. I thought we already had this information. 100%. 100%. There's a reason why we we call them must-see kids. We wouldn't call right? them that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All the time we call them that. I thought it was – I thought they – said that maybe it was like pretty early maybe it was even in the dusty classic but i was 90 percent sure man that they gave us uh that name already so hey who knows but uh that's a breaking news here at nxt talk they're the must-see kids that's what it stands for i believe all right we go back to the ring robert stone looks on as zion quinn comes out with alicia taylor doing the introductions stone says he called quinn out tonight because quinn embarrassed him last week stone gets it Zion is jealous of him, just like everyone else's. Stone says he can do anything better than anyone else. First, he's going to outsing Quinn. Then he's going to beat him, stomp him, and pin him. One, two, three. Stone calls for DJ to hit the music. He starts dancing around and rapping. Fans boo. Quinn is not impressed. Stone yells how about how awesome that was, and fans chant, you suck. Stone says the people clearly love the performance. Quinn is smirking. Stone wonders what's so funny, and if Quinn thinks he can do a better job, Quinn takes the mic, says he's going to be honest. Um, He says that was interesting, but he only came out here to kick Stone's ass. The nextras pop. Stone taunts Quinn with chicken arms, calling him a chicken. Uh, Fans chant kick his ass. Quinn says, let's do it. He calls for music. And this is when HBK's music hits. Quinn dancing around like a moron, <laughs> trying to sing HBK's song. Like, this is just embarrassing on so many levels. Like, even me, like, my notes of this and thinking about this and talking about this is getting me fed up again. So Quinn grabs Stone, somewhat gently drops him to the mat while dancing around. Stone charges and Quinn picks him up as a dancer would, dirty dancing style. I can't believe I just wrote that for a wrestling show. Put Stone back down. Stone slaps <laughs> him. Dirty, Fans chant, you effed up. 
Quinn just smiles. Bell rings. Quinn grabs Stone, launching him high on the air across the ring. Quinn takes his shirt off, launches Stone across the ring again, delivers a flying uppercut into the corner uh, with a twisting Samoan drop in the middle of the ring. Quinn delivers a big jackhammer and wins. That was actually a match. <laughs> that was actually something that we had to watch. That was something I took notes on. This is such a fucking embarrassment. One of the worst segments I've seen in years in a professional wrestling ring. This was absolute garbage. They, you, you nailed it, though, buddy. They did the dirty dancing spot. It might have been the first one in wrestling history. I'll give them that at least. That's hilarious. But, man, this was uh, terrible. Robert Stone's dancing was terrible. I believe he sang slash rapped to Frankie Monet's theme song. I think it was. I kind of forget now. It doesn't matter. Terrible. And then Zion Quinn absolutely murdered and killed dead as a character by singing Shawn Michaels theme sexy boy for no reason. This was like a segment designed to give Triple H a second heart attack. It hurt me in my bones to watch this. I hated every second of it, and I was embarrassed to be a wrestling fan after it. Yep. That's all I want to say about it. I don't even want to talk anymore about this. There's nothing. You know what? This hurts Iron Quinn more than anything else, and it was just an embarrassment. And I blame you, Matt. I blame you for this because you praised Robert Stone last week. I did for the first time on this podcast. I praised Robert Stone, and here he was right back on a 15 out of 10 doing terrible, terrible stuff. How dare how dare one internet fan somewhere on the internet praise Robert Stone? The actual squash match of this was good. Zion Quinn's getting pretty good as, like, an ass-kicking baby face. But, yeah, again, I, I couldn't go... I, I, I'm going one out of five just for the squash match, and if we're counting the whole segment in with the match... Easily minus stars. Easily, easily. One of the worst things I've seen on a wrestling show in a long time. Yep. Yep. This is just so embarrassing on so many levels. Like, this is like, if I wasn't doing this podcast, I would have stopped watching right there. Maybe even would have stopped watching wrestling for a week or two. No, honest, honest to God, it would have been like, it would have been a minute. I, I would have stopped watching WWE for a week. Yep, exactly. I would have for sure stopped. All right. We get a backstage vignette with Joe Gacy. The face of Harlan can also be seen in this very weird transition that was taken out of a 1980s high school uh, video project. Uh, Gacy goes on about how the world should be happy, a happy place, but it's a cesspool. Gacy says we live in a world where we drag people down and hope they fail. Gacy goes on about how social media was full of ideas, but is now nothing but full of negative energy. He brings up how people think Harlan is a monster based on his appearance, his bolt head, tattoos, but they just alienate him and don't give him a chance. Gacy says that stops now as he and Harlan will change the world together cool fine still the same as it's been always so like yeah i don't know it's not the, the character is not as interesting to me as it has been to other people but uh he's joe gacy's a fine performer he does well in these things yeah like I, and here's the thing i want this to move forward so i'm starting to jump on the wtf train all right right we see like Gado del Fantasmas, Electra Lopez, Joaquin Wilde, and Raul Mendoza walking backstage when they stop at Zion Quinn. Lopez says she didn't know Quinn had that side to him. Quinn says he has multiple sides to him. 
Lopez likes what she sees and hears and says now that's something she can work with. Quinn walks off. Lopez asks Mendoza. Because Lopez has. What? Lopez has a lot of personality. I I definitely like this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. Uh, Lopez asks Mendoza and Wild if they're ready for this. They are. They walk off as we go to commercial. I like this. I like, like you said, um, you know, as a character, Electra Lopez is pretty good. As a manager, she's even better. As a wrestler, we can work on that. <laughs> and we need to. We definitely need to. But yep. yeah, that's the, that's where she needs to improve. Yep, exactly. Um, but okay, so back from commercial, we see that. Von Wagner, Von Beverly, Von Vigo from Ghostbusters 2, and Kyle O'Reilly, they're out already. Legado del Fantasma's Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza are out with Electra Lopez. The bell rings, and this match started. And I have to say, Matt, that from this point forward, this, well, minus one segment, the show got a lot better. And this was actually a pretty damn good match. Definitely a, definitely a watchable match. Kyle O'Reilly... He he he's got our trust, Boris. Here on NXT Talk. Yep, exactly. He's he you know he worked his ass off. He did what he could, um, but there was one thing that really distracted me throughout this entire match, and that was Von Beverly, Von Wagner, Von Vigo's trunks. Yeah, his tights are so terrible. He's Brutus the Barber Beverly. He's got like the weird like almost flesh covered or flesh colored like cut-ins of his tights yeah it, it, it kind of looks like he's wearing like half pants i hate it makes no sense terrible terrible look yeah it was really weird it was really weird but this match was great like you said Kyle riley mvp legado they worked their asses off and honestly at the end of the day if this match was just to make von wagner look good they did just that well, it was weird. They did. They put Von Wagner over strong, but also Von Wagner took the loss. It was like they were telling the story that he's like he's a big bull, but he's got a lot to learn. You know, he's he made a rookie mistake, and uh, Legato capitalized. Yeah, that's exactly, and I'm fine with that. If if that's the story that they're telling, then let us go through that story. Like you know, I, I feel like it's no secret that everyone like these new guys are learning how to wrestle at this point. So let's let's get that real realism, that realistic approach where these guys are going to be making some some rookie mistakes and it's going to cost them and cost their teams. So the end of the match, uh, Kyle tagged in. He kicks Wild in the face for a two count as Mendoza broke the pin. Uh, Kyle dumps Mendoza back to the floor. Wagner tags in for the double team, but it backfires that there's some miscommunication with O'Reilly. Mendoza takes Kyle out with a missile dropkick. Wild just rolls up Wagner for the win as Legado del Fantasma win in 11 minutes and one second. Your favorite finish, the schoolboy, although it wasn't distraction related. So at least there's that. But yeah, I thought this was the best match on the show to this point by a, a country mile, by a wide, wide chasm. I would go three dance offs out of five, 60% pants off percentage, Boris. It's a C in Canada, above yep. average. Yep. After the match, Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly, the are clearly disappointed but they end up kind of high-fiving each other and everything is all good in the hood for now the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling Mackenzie Mitchell is backstage with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams Hayes says they are back to business and they're not playing around tonight 
Andre Chase interrupts and they can't believe he's still alive after the haunted house last week. Chase wishes them a good luck and says since they had his back last week, he will have their backs tonight. They say this is crazy and then they walk off. Mackenzie mentions to Chase how people thought he looked like a coward at the haunted house last week. Chase seethes and says he's headed to the ring to give someone a Chase University-sized ass whooping. Now I kind of like this Andre Chase. He's working for me. Agreed. Agreed 100%. It, it is, it's, it's working. It's cheesy as all cheese can be, but, you know, whatever. He's he's doing what he can with the character, and it's, it seems to be working for at least the two of us. Uh, back from the break, we get another look at Duke's Poker Room. Duke Hudson is annoyed at Cameron Grimes for talking to a woman instead of playing the game. Grimes still doesn't get the game, but Duke says enough of this beginner's luck. Some other players are forced to leave the game. Grimes gets mad at Duke for talking down to one of the women. Duke says Grimes has no chance of getting with her uh, like he has no chance of beating him. Grimes says we'll see about that as we see A to B continued yet again. So we're supposed to hate uh, uh, Joe Gacy because he says liberal things. Are we also supposed to hate Cameron Grimes because he cares about the women here? Are you, is, is that liberal? Is that too liberal for uh, NXT? baby face as well i'm just wondering where the where the heel baby face line is drawn these days but uh yeah i, I i'm kind of like it uh, this cameron grimes juke hudson thing dude hudson is a pretty good promo he's uh, he's pretty good at character work there are far worse out there in the nxt roster yeah far worse far worse uh we're back to the ring a furious andre chase is there his mic isn't working so he throws it at a crew member demanding a mic that works chase isn't the kind of guy who responds to baseless rumors but he just heard people are calling him a coward on social media uh based on last week's haunted house chase would normally be upset with someone calling him a coward but he realizes what we have now is a teachable moment he will learn that he fe- we will learn that he fears nothing and his uh, student section in the crowd will attest the only thing to fear around here is him chase says if anyone in the back wants a degree in getting their ass kicked come on down and we get brawn breaker with 2k's coming out i i actually laughed pretty good when i when he's when his theme hit perfect decision rebuild breaker and andre chase you could easily take this loss this was exactly what nxt needed this was a clever little bit of booking here yeah that's the thing right like andre chase is not going to be a world champion with this gimmick um and he's a good talker he can get himself over so even in a loss he's not ever really going to be buried or look really bad right um and braun breaker honestly just needed a a not even a rehab win, but just a dominant win, right? Like, so, and this is like a perfect pairing. So I agree with you 100%. This leads us into Braun Breaker versus Andre Chase. Pretty basic match. It was a rehab win, essentially. One minute, 42 seconds for Braun Breaker. Yeah, absolutely. Steamrolls this guy, suplexes the pants off of him, throws him into the, what are we calling it? The Braun Hammer. The uh, Gorilla Press into the Power Slam, once used by Goldberg. And uh, yeah, this was a perfectly fine squashy match. I would go three dance-offs out of five, a 60% Mamba percentage, Boris. This was good stuff. Yep. Uh, 
Breaker with 2K gets the mic and he says that last week at Halloween Havoc he had the biggest match of his life, but he failed. NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa kept setting traps and Braun fell for all of them. Braun says Ciampa took advantage of his inexperience and it's only fair he says Ciampa is the man in NXT, but there's nothing that pisses Braun off more than losing and if Ciampa thinks they're done, he's wrong. Braun declares he will get another shot at the NXT title and he will be champ for it or he will die trying. Braun drops the mic, hits the corners with a pose as we, the music starts back up. Yeah, perfect. Man, if you close your eyes, and we're not the first people to make this point, but if you close your eyes, he sounds so much like Uncle Scotty. It's crazy. Like just looking down, taking notes, it really hits you like, like, oh, my God, this guy's a Steiner. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy. Um, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is backstage with your new NXT Tag Team Champions, Imperium. We see how their title win made headlines across Europe. They speak in their native tongues until NXT Women's Tag Team Champions Gigi Dolan and JC Jane interrupt. Uh, they just learned of a six-woman tag team match next week, and they want Imperium to come watch them perform. They walk off. Marcel Bartel says the match is sacred, but America has its benefits, and Fabian Aikner agrees. <laughs> okay, three things. One, uh, as, you, as you texted to me, NXT is officially the horniest show in all of wrestling. Everyone's just, just out here, just thirsty. Uh, two, as Bob Kapoor pointed out on the Facebook thread about this show, who was subtitling this thing? Isn't this show live? How did they get this promo subtitled? Was somebody back there just going insane on a computer? Uh, third of all, uh, I meant to say Mambo, not Mamba in the previous rating. Mamba is a snake. Mambo is the dance sport. Yes. Yes. I just let it go. <laughs> I just go. I just let it happen. I <laughs> Oh man. All right. But yeah, I, I, I love Imperium as characters. Walter has come along as a promo too, but these two guys are really underrated as characters and promos. Uh, Marcel Barthel is, is a treat. He's, he's really got this wrestling thing down. In and out of the ring, he's a professional. That guy gets it. He could be a, a real big star on the main roster if this was a fair world. Yeah, exactly. And I'm so glad they dropped his uh, very like right-wing Third Reich uh, character that he had in like developmental when NXT was like you know actual developmental. Um, yes. All right, Lash Legend backstage. She says Tony D'Angelo will be her guest on Lashing Out next. E yeah, here we go. Here we go. All right, Lash Legend, Lash Legend, Lash Larue Legend. I don't know. I like <laughs> man. This, so after the first 30, 40 minutes of this show, and as embarrassing as they were, the show got a lot better. We had a good tag team match. We had Braun Breaker with two Ks and a good rehab match. Set a good promo. Imperium set a good promo. And then this happened. So, Lash Legend welcomes us and says November is here. But first, we have to talk about how legendary Halloween Havoc was. We got a look at some of the NXT Halloween costumes as Legends Studio audience cheers and applauds. Lash welcomes this week's special guest, Tony D'Angelo. Tony receives mostly 
boos from her crowd, Lash brings up how her producer Mark disappeared after telling Tony he couldn't be on the show the first time. Tony says he knows nothing. Lash says we have a surprise and she brings out Mark, who is wearing a sling, seems to have had a rough time recently. Tony somehow knows the names of Mark's family members where he lives. Tony tells Mark to tell Lash everything is all right and nothing happened. Mark does just that. Tony tells him to take a walk. Tony walks, talks about his goals, says his arm is too hurt. His aim is to hurt people and make as much money as possible. He mentions who he wants to beat, including NXT champion Tomasa Ciampa and Pete Dunne. He leaves and hands Lash some money on the way out. Lash wraps, wraps up her show and says she has to go get her lashes done. I did think it was kind of funny that Tony D'Angelo was like, his goal is to make as much money as possible and then kind of for no reason gave Lash money as he left. The story was that he was paying Lash off to not say anything about the fact that she clearly knew that Tony beat the crap out of the producer, Mark, right? I guess that was the story. It wasn't very clear, though. He was just basically talking about how much he loved money and how he made all this money, and then he just threw some money around for no reason. So I I kind of thought that was funny. Tony D'Angelo is okay, but this was terrible material that these two performers could not overcome. They could not overcome this material. Here's the thing. And, and 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 I wanted to make a point of this because I did make a point of this on the thread, and that's that Lash Legend and Tony D'Angelo are good performers. Give them a script like this and absolute shit material, you're going to get this entire segment. That's the thing, man. Like, I mean, you can't, like... At, at the end of the day, you can't make a peach pie if, you're, if your ingredients include, like, shit. Like, literal human feces, you can't can't make a peach pie out of that you know what i mean like you can you only you're going to be as good as your ingredients they only had the script why would you try to make peach pie if you have shit in front of you exactly right why not just flush it down the toilet which is what we were trying to do by getting through this podcast part All right. Uh, Zoe Stark has been taken to a local medical facility um i just really wanted to say that so that happened (laughs) Yes, we are back to local medical facilities and not hospitals. Yep. Uh, back to the ring. Out comes Solo Sokoa for his in-ring debut. Jeet Rama is already waiting in the ring for what is also his official NXT TV debut. So it's time. Solo Sokoa, Jeet Rama, the Battle of Two Titans. And this match <laughs> only lasted one minute, 25 seconds before... Uh, Solo Sokoa got the win with a big superfall, superfly splash. Yes, sir. The Samoan splash, the Uso splash, just like his brothers. Yeah, this was every squash match you've ever seen. Uh, a minute 25. Definitely, like, nothing wrong with it. And Sokoa looked like a killer. That's good. But also nothing particularly right with it. Nothing that will stick with you except for the splash. So we're going to go Mendoza line. Two and a half dance parties out of five. 50% Humpty Hump percentage, Boris. Yep, that sounds about right. All right, so we see Tian Shaw's boa backstage with Mei Ying. Uh, L.A. Knight is at ringside joining the announcers for commentary. Uh, He takes a quick shot at Grayson Waller as we go to commercial break. Back from the break, we get a vignette on Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs. They're hanging out in different areas but simultaneously telling their stories. We see them cooking steaks 
throwing horseshoes and cornhole and other activities with friends. They talk about how they grew up and what lessons they learned growing up. They might not always win, but you will but you will second stop second guessing them when you get in the ring with them. It was, it was this was a funny promo because I think they were trying to tell the story that like these two guys were like kind of two sides of the same coin, kind of like different yeah. takes on the cowboy personality. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it kind of just felt like they were the same guy. You know what? I don't think they were quite different enough. I don't know. It was I, I it was a cute attempt. I didn't hate this. It was alright. I like these two. I really don't mind these two as a team. So let's keep going with it. Uh, back to the ring. Boa is out with no sign of Mei Ying. Grayson Waller is out next. LA Knight is still at the announce table. Bell rings. Um, and this match, again, lasted a whopping two minutes, 32 seconds. About two minutes and 32 seconds too long for me. Um, huh. This was what it was. Boa won uh, with a roundhouse kick. Anything else you want to say? Yeah, he hit the Gamengiri, the uh, the Toshiaki Kawada kick. I think that's what he did to win this match. It was like the jumping. It was like the Insiguri without the, the boot kick. Uh, catch first like without the catching my kick and then i reverse it into the enziguri just the jumping high kick i believe that is the gimenguri uh they call anyway, it a jumping enziguri was... also yes yes exactly gamengiri i'm i'm sure i pronounced that wrong every single time i tried it <laughs> anyway this uh this match was it was not a lot to it didn't need a distraction finish i don't know where boa's character was going this left me more confused than in sports entertained i would go slightly below the mendoza line boris we're gonna go two dance parties out of five 40 percent cha-cha slide percentage on this one buddy Yep, so after the match knight brags taunt swaller that he distracted him and that was that all right, we get another Duke's Poker Room segment with Duke Hudson, Cameron Grimes, and friends. Grimes comes up short. Duke says that's typical for Grimes. Comes up short in life. Love in the ring and now on the felt. Grimes was bluffing as he cleans house, taking Duke for everything he had. Grimes celebrates, heads out of the room with everyone chanting to the moon behind him. Grimes says drinks are on him. Duke flips the poker table over and seethes. As the segment <laughs> ends, so I think I think this one bugged you and some other people on the old uh, on the old threads a little bit more than it bugged me. But Boris, how do you feel about the poker player losing his first poker match? That's 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 honestly like uh, you know CM Punk losing his first MMA match. Like it's just <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're putting so much emphasis into this career and you come up short. <laughs> it's hilarious I did not see that parallel But now that you mentioned it He is the CM Punk of the poker table This Duke Hudson Yep You know it didn't bother me too much But you know I do see like You know it, it was the whole This is your gimmick This is your gimmick This is like if Mr. Perfect Were to like drop the ball After throwing his own catch And, and receiving it down the football field this is like if Mr. Perfect were to airball it um, from the other side of the court. Like, what's what what what's the point of the gimmick then? I do think that like a Mr. Perfect like doing trick shots but missing them like terribly is a hell of an indie gimmick. Boris, once we become indie wrestlers, that needs to be our tag team gimmick. Mr. But, uh, <laughs> the, the imperfects. 
Ah, <laughs> oh, we're like the male iconics, the imperfect. <laughs> It's the worst gimmick of all time. Uh, second only to poker player who sucks at poker, boys. <laughs> the male iconic. We are like the exact opposite of those two. <laughs> oh, that's actually, that's a money gimmick, buddy. We're the imperfects, the male iconics. Just two chubby Canadian boys just wearing Speedos to the ring. It's a terrible, terrible time. Oh, my God. God, that was honestly, I needed that laugh so badly. <laughs> but yeah, so Duke Hudson and Cameron Grimes seem to be t- pairing up into a uh, feud. See what I said? Pairing up like a poker game. <laughs> I love it. I like where it's at. Poker puns out the wazoo. Uh, yeah, that's that'll probably be a match next week, I imagine, right? I'm assuming. I, I doubt it'll happen on this takeover or whatever they're going to call it. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it'll probably happen next week, unofficially as of right now, but let's pencil that one in, not yep. in pen. All right. So, we see NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa walking backstage as we head to commercial. Back from the break, we get a new vignette for Kay Lee Ray, KLR for short. Uh, she starts to rage next week, she says, because uh, something about insane and being kin a cage and being a rat or something. I don't know what she said. Is she trying out for NWA? Hidden messages to Billy Corgan? I know, right? Um, but yeah, anyways, but yeah, it's, it's Kaylee Ray next week. So thankfully she's back. Um, I don't know if she fits as a contender to Mandy Rose just yet. Well, I think she's a good choice as the one who beats Mandy Rose and takes the title from Perfect. her. Although Kay- Kaylee Ray has no business in NXT anymore. She does not need to be in NXT. Yeah, agreed. All right, then to another confusing uh, segment, Boa backstage. We see the throne of Mei Ying. She's nowhere to be seen. Boa bows and comes back up with black and white face paint on. Boa spits Ying's smoke at the camera to end the brief segment. So, Matt, it appears that the spirit of Mei Ying has yet transcended to a new person, and now Boa <laughs> seems to be the new Mei Ying. Boa is now the spooky zombie character. He uh, he put his head down as Boa, and he came up the Zodiac, Boris. Yes, yes, no, yes, no. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I can't. If this is how they write, <laughs> Karen Q, Mei Ying, off of um, NXT, I swear to God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. well exactly that's fine like if they get her out of here and she can write like she can go do something else i don't know what i don't know what her future is in wwe but yeah it feels like they've given this character to boa and i have no idea where tian shah is going from here hopefully smackdown was uh was uh, with uh with her partner over there it's uh, i don't know i really don't know I, I, i yeah i don't know i don't i really don't know what's going on Anyways, let's get back to the show. I think uh, it appears, yeah. It, go ahead. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I was gonna say it appears they've dropped Zaylee from the zombie stuff completely, but who knows? They change their minds like the wind. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tommaso Champa's out. Uh, Alicia Taylor does the introduction. Fins chant Champa's name. He takes the mic, declares that Halloween Havoc was a changing of the guard in NXT. 
There was a shift in NXT, new NXT Tag Team Champions, new NXT Women's Champion, and NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Braun Breaker with two Ks was supposed to become the new NXT Champion, but no one told Ciampa. Ciampa says Braun earned his respect last week, but one thing was for certain at the end of the night, Ciampa is the god of NXT. Ciampa says with this comes great responsibility, a target on his back. Out comes NXT North American Champion and your boy, Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams. Hayes says he yes, hates to be sir. that guy, but he is that guy. Hayes says he feels like he's the one who needs to come to put Champa in check. Hayes says, look around. It's not about y'all any longer. There's a new school on the rise, and Hayes is the leader. Hayes wants Champa to take this with the most disrespect. As long as Hayes is on the show with his title, Champa will take a back seat to him. Fans chant, Champa's going to kill you. Hayes declares himself the A champion of NXT, and that's what it's going to be. Champa says he looked in Hayes' eyes, and he knows Hayes doesn't believe a word that he just said. Champa tells Hayes to jump if he feels froggy. Trick interrupts and starts running his mouth about how they are the main event tonight, but Champa quickly drops him for a pop. Champa's music hits as he faces off with Hayes, raising the NXT title in the air. Champa as ex- exits the ring, standing tall, and now the music of Johnny Gargano interrupts out of nowhere. He comes down for the main event. Gargano coming from behind. Uh, Champa clutching his title. The fans are popping. Gargano teases a swing at Champa uh, to toy with the crowd, but they face off, have a few friendly but tense words as we go to commercial. I thought this was really good. I thought this was like the only great thing on this NXT show was this Champa promo. Hey, Trick Williams and Carmelo too. They, they did pretty well on the microphone. Um, yeah, man, if, if we're going to steal a gimmick from the from the smack daddies, the East Coast dads, and go with the Hulu cut, this is the only thing that makes the Hulu cut, probably. This and maybe Braun Breaker. Well, the, yeah, probably. Yep, I agree with that. Um, yeah, so this leads us into the main event, which was the NXT North American champion Carmelo Hayes and his boy Trick Williams versus Jarney Gargano and his boy Dexter Loomis. Yes, actually, you know what? I have time for both of the tag team matches on this show as well. They can come on the Hulu version too. This was all right as far as tag team matches go. And it's not surprising, Boris, the highlight of this match was easily, pretty safely, I think, when Carmelo and Johnny were in there mixing it up. That was really, really good stuff. That was really good. That's when I texted you, like, Hayes is a superstar. He's got something special, and he really does. He's so good. Um, his wrestling ability is already there, but now I think, and, you know, he's he's really learning the the, the, the minor stuff, right? Like, the, 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 um, just the timing. Yeah. Just, just knowing when to do the things and just selling and just the, the more, WWE style, more of like a slowed down emphasis on, on like big moments rather than just move, move, move and athletic, you know, like achievements. Yep. All right. So um, at one point, Loomis uh, t- 
tags in. He gets the silence on Hayes. Uh, Loomis goes for the submission. Gargano knocks Trick off the apron. Trick takes off his boot at ringside while the referee is distracted. Dex Loomis to break the submission. Gargano nails a big suicide dive to drop Trick to the floor. Hayes takes advantage. Goes to the top for his flying leg drop to Loomis. He got the pin for the win in about 12 minutes and 34 seconds. So that was that. Your winners, Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, so yeah, another uh, pretty strong match. I would go three uh, dance parties out of five, 50 or 60%, sorry, whip and nay-nay percentage on this one. It's a C. Strong match. Carmelo Hayes is way better than Trick Williams. Trick Williams at least has confidence and presence in the ring. So just on that alone, I think he I think he's better than Brooks Jensen, who I think is still the worst wrestler in NXT right now. But Trick Williams is pretty close, and Cora Jade's on the podium too. Yeah, exactly. All right, anything else you want to say before we jump into NXT UK corner? Uh, yeah, so if we are getting a takeover, I think we're going to get probably Mello versus Gargano for the North American title and a Ciampa versus Breaker rematch. Or we might get Gargano versus Ciampa versus Breaker in a triple threat. And we might get this Carmelo Hayes versus Gargano match. Yeah, I, I, I would assume that we're going to be getting Gargano and Hayes. That seems to be the direction that we're going in, which is kind of cool. And I think after the reaction that uh, the both guys got when they were trading punches, it's going to be a fun little match. Yeah, man. If they give those guys, if it, they give them a proper takeover treatment, Carmelo Hayes versus Johnny Gargano for 15 to 20 minutes, that could be a real high match of the year contender. It could be a coming out party for Carmelo. Yep, 100%. 100% agreed. But yeah, my takeaway from all of this is that this was by far the worst of the NXT 2.0 era, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. It just really yeah. sucks, dude. It just really sucks that, like I said at the <laughs> beginning of the show, um, you know, this was after a very strong show with a lot of eyes on the product. Exactly right. The first half, anyway, the first half of the show was easily the worst part of NXT 2.0 to date. I think they picked it up a lot in the second half, and maybe it wasn't the worst show overall, but the first half of this was god-awful wrestling television. Yeah, like end of days, WCW bad. <laughs> Not, uh, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, like Baron Corbin, end of days, bad. It was just really bad. All right, well, it's time to jump to NXT UK Corner. Beauty. All right, man. This is like such a weird episode of, of, of NXT talk because typically, you know, we're making fun of NXT stateside and kind of going with it and kind of being nice about certain things. Um, and then we praise NXT UK. And while the episode necessarily wasn't bad, there were a few things that we need to talk about in NXT UK, especially in the main event. Um, and overall, I think that this was probably the weakest episode of NXT UK that we've seen since we started NXT UK Corner. 
It's it's possible it's up there. I still like the main event a lot more than you did. I think we'll talk about it. But yeah, I didn't hate getting it. There, I didn't hate yeah. it. But you know, it was just very questionable stuff, and it was just like you know, for for a for well, we'll get there when we get there. All right, so let's just jump right into it. Andy Shepard, Nigel McGuinness welcomes the fans to NXT. UK. Uh, we kick things off with a good old fashioned grudge match. Mark Coffey with Wolfgang versus Rohan Raja with Teoman. Yeah, it's funny. This match came up, and they, like you said, it was a grudge match. It was definitely pushed as a grudge match. And our biggest complaint with uh, with Gallus, as it was, as it were, uh, both Coffee Brothers and Wolfgang, is that their matches go a little long. You know, they're a little yeah. long in the tooth all the time. So I was worried this was going like 15, 20. But it actually was a, a quick, digestible package of wrestling here. Yeah, it, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't in the grand scheme of stuff. It wasn't too bad. It got the story over. Um, and yeah, Coffee ended up hooking the legs. Uh, he earned a pinfall victory uh, after a big boot and flying clothesline. So Mark Coffee won. Teoman did not. Uh, so post match, Teoman storms in, lays an attack on Gallus. Several referees step in to break it up. The fans begin booing a shit ton. Yeah, it's funny. It seems, yeah, it seems like they do kind of uh, have a are starting to get behind uh, Tioman as a heel in a good way. They're booing him, you know what I mean. They're starting to get behind the character and dislike him and know that he exists. So that's awesome. Uh yeah, Mark Coffee pinned Rohan Raja, not Tioman. But yeah, yeah, he, Raja, yeah, yeah. it was yeah, Coffee versus Raja. Well, it was five minutes and fifty five seconds, I believe. So honestly. I, I quite enjoyed it because I was worried it was going 15. So we're going to go, we're going to give it three supernovas out of five, 60% crumpet percentage. You could argue that this was better than everything on the NXT show that we just watched. Oh yeah. hundred percent in the back. Tyler Bate is warming up with trans seven by his side. Uh, Sid Scala announces there will be a number one contenders tag team championship match between Dave Mastiff and Jack stars symbiosis and Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter in two weeks. This is fun because I have no idea who's going to win this match. I could see a case for all three. Although since the tag team champions are heels, you'd think it's going to be the babyface team of Dave Mastiff and Jack stars. I would think, although Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter also baby faces also a chance that they could win it. And symbiosis is getting pushed. I think harder than both of those teams. So really all three teams have a realistic shot here. Yeah, Agreed. Agree. That's I love how you broke that down because that's exactly how I feel about it. Um, all right. So before his match, Charlie Dempsey looks to add another win to his undefeated streak. Dallas makes their way to the back, asks Dempsey to let them know if he sees Teoman. Dempsey is disappointed because this is now the second time he's being interviewed and it's been interrupted. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see where Charlie Dempsey aligns himself down the road. Kind of seems like they're hinting strongly that it's going to be the Teoman crew. I wonder if that's a red herring, buddy. Yeah, more than likely it is, but we'll see. All right, the next match was Amal versus Myla Grace. This match was pretty fun. Um, Myla Grace... I'm all for it. She's fun. She's she's pretty good in the ring. She's fast-paced. Um, did they say that yeah. she has a dancing, like a break dancing background? 
I believe, yeah, I believe they specifically said street dancing, whatever that means. But yeah, that could mean a number of things. Maybe she's like painted up like a robot out there doing doing the silver paint robot dance. But uh, no, I actually I like Myla Grace. Uh, she's she's Irish. You can see just in the way she comports herself in her walk and her confidence. There's a lot of Becky Lynch influence. The way she moves, the way she just moves around the ring feels like Becky Lynch. Yep. But she's more, you know, dare I say, athletic than Becky Lynch. Like she seems like she, you know, she did an amazing 619. Um, you know, she, I think she was like very clean in her in her in her in her move set. So I think like for just from a pure athletic point of view, she seems to be a notch above. Yeah, I would I would co-sign that with you, buddy. Yeah. All right. So Amal ends up winning after a big boot and an exploder slam. This was a pretty fun match. How many crumpets? How many supernovas would you give this match? Yes, they actually named, they've officially named Amal's finisher. It is now the Hope Breaker, Boris, that weird, like, rock bottom spine buster thing that she does. Uh, it is the Hope Breaker. Uh, I would go, yeah, nothing wrong with this. It went three minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, perfect length. You know, I thought this was pretty good. Amel is a good wrestler. Myla Grace is a good wrestler. This achieved everything it needed to. We're going to go three out of five, three supernovas out of five for this one. All right, Noam Dar with Shaw Samuels get some final stretches in before his match with Tyler Bate. Nina Samuels tries to interview Aaliyah James, but James just declines and walks away, leaving Nina Samuels to look all embarrassed. I I really like the Nina Samuels character too. She's she's doing good work. She should be uh, she should be on the main roster with this character. It's like the new Billy Kay. To a lot, there's a lot of parallels there. I, I don't was, think she's as talented as Billy Kay, but yeah. there's a lot of parallels there. I was literally about to say that where she's literally in her own world, she thinks she's the star of her own story. Um, and yeah, I just love how people just like walk away and and all that, f- and and just you know let her be. Um, I think she's a great character. Yeah, a really, really strong character for sure. All right, then we get back to the slapping game. Uh, Rampage Brown wants none of Flash Morgan, and uh, Flash Morgan Webster slaps. Instead, Brown tells Webster if he wants a match, he'll give it to him. They're turning heel with this slap gimmick, aren't they? Like, it was cute the first couple times. Flash Morgan Webster and uh, the, uh, what's their crew's name again? Oh, it's slipping me. Subculture. The, the subculture crew is going to slap themselves heel. You watch, Boris. Yep, that's exactly what I think is going to happen. All right, Charlie Dempsey versus Danny Jones. Here we go. Charles Regal. Yep, man, this match was so good. Charlie Dempsey, honestly. Uh, Charlie Sabre Dempsey. Like, this guy is so good <laughs> on the mat. He's so good. Like, he can just, just find a move and lock you in it. And it just, like, you know, without you even noticing CSJ. So I think Brian Danielson is the best technical wrestler alive and Zack Sabre Jr. is second or Zack Sabre Jr. is the best and Brian Danielson is second. Charlie Dempsey is skyrocketing up the ranks, buddy. He's going to be there soon. Yeah, it's crazy how good this kid is. Like, it's so crazy. And you know what's even crazier? If, you know, and I forgot to mention this um, in, in, in during his promo earlier, he looks and speaks and has even the facial mannerisms as his dad. 
Oh, you can definitely, as soon as you see, like, as soon as you're told, or as soon as you're like, well, why do I recognize him so well? As soon as you see William Regal in his face, you can't unsee it. He looks, like you said, like, yeah, it's definitely in his wrestling, definitely in the way he is in the ring, but even outside of the ring, just in just in his face. He doesn't have an, uh, an English accent, though, unless yep. I'm mistaken. No, it seems doesn't. like he's got the American accent. Yeah, he he, he pretty much does. Man, can you imagine Charlie Dempsey versus Ilya Dragunov? Charlie Dempsey versus A Kid. Oh. Charlie Dempsey versus Walter. Oh wow! I I hadn't even considered Walter. We're going to get eventually the first two matches that you said, and yep. those are going to be glorious. I can't wait till Charlie Dempsey's lugging around that Heritage Cup. That's yeah. what I want to see. Oh yeah. 100%. Uh, so Dempsey ended up winning. He locked a straight arm lock turn half crab camel clutch combo type <laughs> move. I, I, I likened it to like kind of an advanced regal stretch, right? It was kind of like the regal stretch, but he threw in an extra something. Was it an extra like wrist lock, an extra twist on the cross face? And it wasn't quite the regal stretch, but it was the son of the regal stretch. Charlie Dempsey wins in four minutes and 54 seconds. I believe it was. We're going three and a half for this one. 70%. And this was easily better than everything on the uh, NXT show that we watched this evening. Not even comparable, my friend. All not, right. Not uh, even comparable. Not even comparable. Not even comp- comparable whatsoever. <laughs> the son of Regal Stretch, Boris. I love it. All right. We're going to name it that. All right. Um, next week, Ginny versus Michael Satamora for the NXT UK Women's Championship. My friend, will the fashionista take home the gold? Or can the final boss retain? Yes, I wrote that in my notes just to ask you and sound like Vince McMahon script. <laughs> Thank you, the genetic jackhammer, Boris. Uh, I think uh, I think it's uh, slightly too early for Ginny. I think it will probably be the best match of Ginny's career in a losing effort, and I think it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a little bit longer for Miko holding this belt. I think there's way more meat on this bone. Yep, agreed. And how do you think the NXT universe is going to react to this win by the final <laughs> boss? <laughs> I quit. I quit this podcast forever. <laughs> oh man, You have no idea how hard it is for me to keep a straight face sometimes when I say this shit. Um, uh, all right. My girl, Isla Dawn, back in the woods plotting her next move in the women's division. Uh, She's basically gone full insane at this point. Yes, she is. Yeah, she's crazy in the woods, girl. Uh, She is the the spookier version of the fiend at this point. She is the spookiest character in WWE, I think, right now. Yeah, 100%. All right, main event time. NXT UK Heritage Cup Championship Tyler Bate, your champion with Trent Seven versus Noam Dar with Shaw Samuels. Great match with a shitty finish that uh, that hurt it greatly, but I did, the finish didn't bug me as much as it bugged you. It's a very typical old school '80s, even '70s wrestling finish. I feel yeah, like. Okay, okay, we'll get there. And it, it's not that it bothered me. I think we had the same reaction. But anyways, we'll get there. All right, so round one, both men are focused on feeling each other out in this round. Um, they are testing the waters. Pretty simple round. It ends. Um, neither man earned their first point. Yeah, telling that story, being being tended. Like you said, man, feel the feeling out process. 
being very tentative in round one. Yep. Round two, uh, Bait was trying to lock in a surfboard, but Dar uh, retreated to the ropes. So now we're kind of seeing Tyler Bait be a little more aggressive. Um, Dar was essentially running away, getting out of anything that Tyler Bait threw at him. So again, neither men, neither man earned their point. So after two rounds, we were 0-0. Zero, zero. Yes, sir. Yeah. And uh, the pace picked up a little bit at the end. I think bait hit the, the airplane spin as the time. Well, not quite as the time was running yeah. out, but right near the buzzer. Yeah. yeah. He got three spins in. Um, they escaped. Both men kept grappling. And that's kind of when the bell sounded. Yes, sir. So, yeah, very good, straightforward, but entertaining first two rounds. Yep. Round three did not last long because uh, Tyler... Uh, Dar rocks bait all around the outside in a matter of seconds. Dar earns the first fall in this match. So now Noam Dar is up one to zero. Yes, he hits his Nova roller, which is it's a little bit trouble in paradise ish. Yeah. The yeah. uh the kick to the face. Uh yeah, uh, love me some Noam Dar. Love that move. Let's go, young man. Yep. Round four. Uh, Dar, I like this because he's he's a little cocky at this point, right? But he also knows that he needs to stay on top of bait. So this is what he does. At the onset of this of this round, he's on top of him. Uh, but bait is, uh, you know, at this point, really just trying to do anything he can. He gets a European uppercut followed by a powerlifting exploder suplex. Dar floats over, captures bait with a pin. Bait escapes at two. Bait charges up enough strength to hit his 97 driver he gets his first point and we are now tied one to one tyler driver 97 aka the ahmed johnson pearl river plunge boris also yep. the tiger bomb yep exactly um yeah so i kind of like that i kind of like the story that they're telling at this point um and yeah it's it's not bad at all Good match at this point. I'm thinking, oh, this is this has a chance to be a great match. Let's see these next two rounds. Yeah. All right. So round five, Noam Dar sneaks in a pin very early. He was so close to getting this win. Uh, Bait gets wise, locks Dar in a knee bar submission, but the bell rings in time before Dar even thinks of tapping out. Yeah, I definitely like that finish. The saved by the bell situation. Also like Trent Seven kind of maybe doing a little bit of overcoaching on the sidelines, like over-enthusiastically getting involved, telling Bait to do various moves, etc. Yep, absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy end there. Um, so yeah, it's just uh, like, uh, yeah, the storytelling at this point was impeccable. All right. Definitely final round. Hit, 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 a, hit a peak coming into this final round, round six. Some would say it hit a mustache mountain peak. <laughs> That's a, that is absurd. No person would say that. And then we saw a supernova to crap all over the match. I shouldn't say that. Anyways, round six. Um, so round six was interesting. The match was going on, and the NXT UK Tag Team Champions, Pretty Deadly, run out to show their support for bait. And I wish you all could see my air quotes when I said show their support. They're joking around, 
pretty deadly snatches Trent Seven's towel, trying to grab it back. Seven accidentally tosses it into the ring. At the same time, Dar has a submission on bait. The referee believes that Seven threw in the towel on Bates' behalf. The referee accepts this, giving Noam Dar the overall victory and the Heritage Cup. So we just kind of saw a little variation on this in, in our BAM top 10 Halloween Havoc list. The number 10 match on was, no, it wasn't number 10. It was like number six or seven match. The uh, Thunderdome electrified cage match ended with a very similar finish where Gary Hart got punched and he threw in the towel by accident. And that's how uh, Terry Funk and the great Muda lost that match. This was kind of similar where, uh, Trent Seven yanked the towel away from Pretty Deadly, but he yanked with such force, such vigor, Boris, that he yanked the towel all the way into the ring where the ref saw it and thought that the towel was being thrown in. So, yeah, it was uh, it was wrestling, this finish, you know. I did think it, it was kind of cheesy. It kind of... It ended the match on on a little bit of a down note. The crowd definitely didn't pop. It was kind of like silent when it happened. But I didn't I didn't think it was like uh, an abomination or anything. It wasn't you know, an I abomination. Didn't think it, like, was terrible. But in, here's the thing, Matt. In 2021, you know, one thing that WWE does so well is making the referees look smart-ish. You know, there's still some stupid stuff that they do. Um, but to me, this was just like really just dumb. It just didn't make sense um, in the in, you know when you think about like it, if this were reality, what would actually happen? Um, you know, and it's kind of funny because we months or weeks ago said that we were gonna get an Owen Hart Survivor Series '94 situation ending yeah. to this match and lo and behold it actually happened we uh, you can go back and listen to the podcast man when they announced this tournament and we started talking about this tournament we said noam dar is going to win the tournament and win the title via a towel throw-in we called it man i promise you can go back and listen to that it wasn't exactly what we said because we kind of thought it was going to be a more direct heel turn, but it's very clear where this story is going, Boris. We're going to get Trent Seven turning on Tyler Bate eventually. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe the other way around. But it's I can going see to be, the other way around. I can see the other way around this. Way. I can see Bate turning on him because the other thing that I kind of found weird was Bate kind of just accepted this. Like, all right, well, you know, it wasn't your fault. That's okay. You, Do I lost you, my well, cup? I. I don't think I, I, I would push back on that. I think two things. One, he's doing like the Zen gimmick, right? So he's kind of like he's kind of like Rob Van Dam chill about everything these days. But I, I think he sold disappointment. I think he was selling not anger, but true disappointment. He was disappointed in his friend and he was disappointed in this situation. You know that I think I, I don't think he was going ho hum. I don't care. I think he was I think he was selling disappointment. Well, I read if, disappointment. If, out if, of if, if you cost me my heritage cup like this, I'd be kicking your ass at this point. <laughs> the, the breakup would be on. Yeah, the breakup would be NXT right there. Talk the young guns explode. Exactly. No more imperfects. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna hold so many tag team titles when Smash Wrestling starts up because we buy it. Oh, we're we're pulling we're pulling like Triple H and Cody move over. <laughs> we will literally it's funny walk. You hate Cody Rhodes so much, and you're gonna become Cody Rhodes in five seconds if we ever do book a wrestling. Company. We will literally walk out with golden shovels to the ring. 
<laughs> oh, this is absurd. But yeah, anyway, I thought I thought this was a great match with a bad ending. I I wouldn't say it was like embarrassing, but it was it was not a good ending. You know, it wasn't a good ending. The crowd didn't know how to react. It yeah. didn't quite come across the way they wanted. But I think you disliked it more than I disliked it. I would still go as high as three and a half. Uh, supernovas out of five for this match. Yep, I give it that 70, too. Seventy percent. I would give it that too, but it, it's just like I don't know. It kind of sucks for Noam Dar. Like this is his first title in WWE, and it was kind of like a weird way to get it. I guess it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but you know, I don't know. It's just kind of weird overall. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. It is it is definitely kind of weird. It wasn't the big. It wasn't exactly what you want, but it was. It was not a tragedy. It wasn't a disaster. Nope, it wasn't like the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series tragedy. <laughs> oh, no, did that just happen? Yep, it just happened. Hey, well, good, uh, you know, good, a couple good Canadian boys on the roster, Freddie Fe- Freeman, Soroka, though he's not playing. I like the Braves team a lot. I, I think they're going to be here for years and years. Let's get with that Atlanta-Toronto World Series next year. Oh, it's going to happen. You're going to be hearing us talk about that more on BAM on Thursday. On Thursday, we're also going to be doing our ROH Mock draft, mock as in fake, not mock as in laugh like WCW late 99. Um, if you are a yeah, patron, not, yeah, I know. If you're a patron, listen, not, uh, go ahead. Damn, I'm gonna get my joke in. Not a mock draft the way WWE makes a mockery of their drafts. Bam, suck it, Vince. I roasted you hard. Go on, please, friend. Jesus Christ, that, that joke. <laughs> That joke, my friend, was imperfect. <laughs> you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, buddy. That's what Michael Scott said. <laughs> I love that. All right, so uh, midweek markouts already out. It was a pretty fun episode. Uh, you're going to get BAM on Thursday. Friday, you're going to get the old fucks talking all things dynamite. Um, then on Saturday, you are going to be getting two shows the smack daddy's talking smackdown and the old fucks yet again talking rampage and this leads us into sunday where we get the main show the flagship show sunday night's main event with jason agnew um that's always a fun time uh ballergear.ca for all your merch uh, you should follow us on uh, the social medias you can follow us on twitter and the instagram and we are at NXT TLK podcast that's at NXT talk podcast <sighs> yes sir we did it buddy we got through it sorry if there were any technical uh, difficulties in this one my uh, internet's been shit uh, the last couple days but we're going to be back in person tomorrow for BAM next week I'm in Sudbury so we will be remote next week but hopefully starting in the middle of November we can go to in person every single show or very close to it uh, and yeah buddy I'm glad you survived this one it was a rough go it was a rough go alright he's Matt I'm Boris the show is NXT Talk Good night. yeah yeah yeah